Bitcoiners, I just finished up with an absolutely fantastic interview with Justin, the Bitcoin vegan. Uh, Justin hit us up, uh, you know, online. He was like, yo, I have a story to tell. Uh, you know, I've been in Bitcoin for X amount of years. I was like, all right, let's talk. Let's get you on the podcast. And uh, we just started, you know, going through Bitcoin, talking about Bitcoin. He just has so many heavy hitters, just like so many amazing just ways to think about Bitcoin. Uh, and I was like, oh man, this this is going absolutely fantastic. And then I asked him about his story. So 30 minutes in after having a great conversation, we get into his story. And man, he has such an inspirational story. Justin has been at the bottom of society and Bitcoin has been a big part of his rise, you know, kind of out of that. Uh, and it's really, really inspirational. I'm going to leave it for the interview. So I'll just let you guys get into that. Uh, but I really, really enjoyed this podcast with Justin, the Bitcoin vegan. Follow him everywhere. We plug all of his stuff inside the show notes. He also plugs it at the end of the show. But really enjoy this podcast with Justin. Bitcoiners, I'm sitting across the screen from Justin, the Bitcoin vegan. We were just talking about Bitcoin 2021. Uh, we were trying to meet up there, but I, you know, I was just working too much. I, my head was like cut off and just trying to put out fires and make sure everyone's happy. But Justin, how, how was the conference? So you were walking around, you're kind of getting to soak it all in. Man, the conference was good. Um, like the second day, especially, well, not a lot. The first day was kind of cool on Friday. Um, ironically enough, I was, what happened? So I got invited to debate shitcoiners about Bitcoin and shitcoin 2021. Me and Tom Bays were on the same stage, giving them hell. Like they couldn't handle it. They were so upset, but it was cool. That was it was real fun. And then I had to come back to Bitcoin 2021 to shoot in the three-point shootout and shooting my flip-flops. So I did pretty good, man. You know, I made 13 shots. My goal was to beat Bitcoin Zay Hill Harper. So I did that. But uh, y'all, I, was, I told people, I said, if I make it to the second round, man, y'all not going to win, man. Y'all going to fold. But I, I ain't making it. But it was all good. It was fun, though, man. If only you had your sneakers, right? Like, were you in, like, yeah. flip-flops or slides? What was that? <laughs> so I was, in, I was, here's the crazy part. So I'm in Miami, and I'm from Charlotte. And every time I go to the beach, I got so much beach wear ready to say so I had on thong flip-flops, right? And yeah. so then I'm like, man, I got to go back to the car because uh, we were at the convention center and I parked by the lab in Miami. And it wasn't a long walk, but it had been too long to, to compete. So I just said, man, hell, we're just going to shoot in the flip-flops, go mama mentality and see what happens. And it almost worked out for us. So it was all good. It was still fun, though. Nice, man. So it sounds like at least day one, you kind of, you got the whole Bitcoin week vibe with like the side events going to Shitcoin 2021 and debating against the Shitcoiners. And then you got went to the you went to the conference and you kind of got like the vibe like that was like the cool stuff outside of like going to the talks and uh, hanging out by the bar. You like checked out the the basketball area and three point shot uh, competition. What like what else did you see? Man, um, so the bar the bar was actually lit. Um, but it was it was real cool, man. I got to see, you know, a lot of the, the folks you see on Twitter. Hell, I thought I had like, you know, Twitter followers I wanted to see. But then, you know, people were saying, oh, you're Bitcoin vegan. I'm like, yeah, like, oh, my God, this that, and third. And I got to meet um, like day one was really I didn't really get to do a lot of meeting of people because it seemed like I was all over the place. A lot of other people were. But I know day two, um, I ran into some great people, man. Um, I ran to roast beef. Which was cool. Uh, Novogratz, Mike Novogratz. I ran into uh, a few other of my followers. This one guy called Pitch Boxer Pitch. He's a he's a vegan who's in Bitcoin. So it was it was cool, man. I ran across a lot of people. Ran across some folks I didn't know. Um, you know, not just Bitcoiners, but people in crypto. Um, you know, so it was it was it was it was very very eye opening. It let me know that, you know, this community is actually growing and it was great to be around like-minded, toxic Bitcoins. <laughs> Love it, man. I mean, dude, I feel like Bitcoiners are like on the front lines of freedom, you know, like mm -hmm. this was the biggest event in America since the Super Bowl. Um, and like, <laughs> it's, 
no surprise that it's Bitcoiners who are like pushing it forward. And it's cool to get along, like hang out with Bitcoiners. It really is like, it's like there's this common ground that's Bitcoin and you can get to know each other. Right. Yeah. Like you can tell, you know, that like there's a, I hate to say it like this, there's a certain mentality you have to have to be here. And you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Like it don't matter to me. It don't matter your race, your sex, or anything. Like, to to walk up on somebody and say, hey, you remember how it was in 2017 and they talked about all the fork wars and all this other goofy shit. And, you know, just just to be able to have that conversation with someone outside of either your everyday Bitcoin circle or outside of yourself. Like I know I, I've had a lot of nights, you know, talking to people who don't know nothing about Bitcoin and hearing their fears. And it's like, man, I finally get to have a conversation with someone who who's knowledgeable on bitcoin but then there's a hidden there's something that happens there's always some you are you will it's almost guaranteed you'll have a mind-blowing moment with a bitcoin like it's almost it's almost especially someone who's been here a while it's almost guaranteed to happen and it's like it's like a awakening it's like wow like you step deeper into a higher level of consciousness being here you know it's hard to be a part of new money but like, this is more like people think, oh, we're just here for the, aren't we all here for the money? No, we're not all here for the money. Like, everybody makes money. And the money number always goes up in crypto, it seems like, unless you got those or some shit. But in that, in that regard, it's like, all right, so what are we really here for? Like, most Bitcoiners are here for more than just making money. You know what I'm saying? And that's the real, um, that's the real hidden principle behind most Bitcoiners. Like, you know, this person is either here because they have a truly a backstory trying to overcome, or they they seen so much bullshit where it's like, hey, this can't be this can't be worse than where I currently was before now. So the Bitcoin community is awesome. Yeah, man, I I, I totally agree. And uh, again, like they kind of seem toxic, but it's mm-hmm. like it's actually the good kind of toxic because I feel like there's this other idea of like smile fucking, and there's something about being nice. <laughs> Well, just to be nice, but, you know, really, you're just kind of like, you know, looking the other way at something that's probably just bad in general. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's more toxic. Yeah, I I don't like smile fucking at all. Like, it irritates the hell out of me. Like, I'll I'll lose all all disrespect for you. And about the situation, like, I won't get... Shake winners or smile fuckers. Yeah, huh? Yeah. You got it. I'd rather Bitcoin just... I like how Bitcoin is, you know... Like my man Brad Mills, he put up something interesting on Twitter. He said, um, a Bitcoin maxi is really like a financial activist. And sometimes, you know, you'll hear people, you know, once you once you have a solid foundation of knowledge on Bitcoin, you kind of, especially in the early beginning, you kind of don't want to see mess up their money in their lives. What you mean, like it's a good kind of toxic because it's like, hey. I'm really here to try to help you. You know what I mean? This isn't like, you know, I'm some, you know, I'm, I'm a religious person trying to push a religion down your throat. I am a vegan, but I don't push veganism on people. But it's like with Bitcoin, it's like, yo, you operate off of money. And the money you're using doesn't operate well. And people are like, oh, well, Bitcoin isn't for me. So you're admitting that inflation is. You're admitting that being a slave to a currency is. So that's what's for you. You feel me? But it's hard to have that conversation with someone who's either A, zero interested in Bitcoin, they know nothing about money, or they just got, you know what I mean? So it's, but that's what I mean. Like, yeah, it is the good type of toxic. It's like, oh yeah, I put all my money on Doge, Modic, and ADA. Like, why the hell did you do all of that? You know what I mean? Like, what, what was the purpose? What? Here's because they do that. People are like, well, you know, I like their initiative. What do you know? How, you don't even know nothing about Bitcoin. How do you like their initiative? You don't even know what an initiative in cryptocurrency is. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a good, it's a good time. It's a good time. But I do like it when Bitcoin is, say some shit like, hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, cool. like I, something about Twitter too just adds some extra edge to that too. You know, like in real life. I think it really is a good type of coxic. It's like, I'm here to help you. I'm about that. I'm not trying to smile fuck you. Yeah. 
But Twitter, yeah, you can get on Twitter talking crazy, boy. They will eat you alive. Twitter toxic is different. <laughs> yeah, no, that's for sure. We don't have to go that too far down that road. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, kind of going back to, like, every time you talk to a Bitcoiner, you're going to have a mind-blowing uh, experience, right? Uh, do, do you know who Dare Gigi on Twitter? At Dare Gigi? Yeah. Oh, uh, must follow D E R G I G I. Um, but he he says it. It's like, uh, like like these Bitcoiners they come up with like cheat codes to come up to like uh, they come up with like cheat codes to like think about Bitcoin, right? And sometimes they write <laughs> it into an article, and then other people can download that cheat code. But sometimes you just gotta mm-hmm. talk to them for the cheat code to come mm-hmm. out, and that's like that, yeah. that mind blowing moment, you know? Yeah, like. Yeah, because you you think you think it's so obvious until you tell another Bitcoiner like, damn, I never thought about it. So it's it's so much, man. Like I can't even think of one right now. Cause then that's another rabbit hole you go down and it'll be a long experience. <laughs> so yeah, I do I do like that though, because every time I talk to one, it doesn't matter who it is. If they've been here in the game a while, they got some they got some cheat codes. And it's worth sitting down listening to because yeah. it's, it's next level. It's all next level. Something else like talking to like no coiners or pre coiners or new coiners, like Bitcoiners, they they are all about big ideas, right? And sometimes I'm talking mm-hmm. to like those other people, I'm like, get ready, mm-hmm. big idea coming up. <laughs> you yeah. know, prepare yeah. yourself. Cause like literally normal people are just like, their brains aren't like if you bring up a big idea, they're like, look at you, like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, you, you think, think you're like four work? levels deep, you know, like, what yeah. the fuck, you know? Uh, and just like people <laughs> don't think like that, it's crazy. But like, Bitcoiners only think like that because you're we're designed to think different, like, you're designed to study things that really wasn't meant for you to study, like. Like everybody, most people in the world, they want to talk about being rich. They want to talk about being wealthy. But they know nothing of how the dollar works or doesn't work. You know, then you go a step further. Let's not even get on money. Let's get on tech. You know, I remember when folks were worried about net neutrality. I never even saw the effects of net neutrality in Bitcoin. But why is that? Because of how the tech is designed. You know, hell, even when we get down to the to the haveling and the mining, you know what I mean? Like you you're dealing with something that I've heard I've heard people I've stepped into a mining room on Clubhouse and just like, oh like the one thing that's blowing my mind right now is the difficulty adjustment and just how it actually plays out. I still don't know everything. You know what I mean? And that's one of the beauties about Bitcoin. You have to openly admit you do not know everything. And there's somebody out there with some type of exquisite amount of knowledge. That can you know really really just take you to another level. So it's it's a humbling it's, it's a humbling moment. But you're right. I mean, we're designed to look at things differently. We're just, we 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 go about life in a whole different manner. You know, nine times out of ten, you you've already figured out that the system just isn't what's what's going to be the saving grace. Like last thing, um, I saw this thing on Twitter where it said the average millennial will not be able to buy a home. I said, well, glad I'm not average. Most Bitcoin, I'm telling you, like the way it looks, only Bitcoiners would be able to be here in America. You know what I mean? So it can, it can and will get kind of strange. But you're right. We all, we all designed to be on a big level, man. Yeah, I mean, dude, I feel bad for the average uh, millennial unless they can get onto Bitcoin. But like you said, we're designed different. Maybe we're predisposed to see it early, or maybe we're like extra humble or open minded. But like, I actually think that Bitcoin, like the dollar or the old system is like an operating system in your head. And like Bitcoin's a new operating system in your head. And like, if you buy Bitcoin, if you start interacting with it, it naturally like pushes you into the Bitcoin operating system. And then you start acting like yeah, this. Like- <laughs> so I think it's like kind of like Bitcoin. It's like the incentives. Yeah, you know? yeah. Wow. Damn. I mean, I say that all the time to people because it's like, man, people ask these questions like, well, you know, how is El Salvador going to come up with pricing? How are they going to do this? I don't think this is going to be good for them. First of all, we didn't ask if you if you thought it was going to be good. 
just watch it take place. Watch the magic happen. You know what I mean? Like, really, once once I, I, I look at it like you do, new operating system. Once you're in the system, this is what I learned. You know, I learned this coming home from prison when I first got into Bitcoin. You don't really need knowledge of how things used to go to operate correctly in the new world. Think about it like this. When you grew up, I don't know your religion. I'm not going to go in there. But let's just talk about the Bible for the purposes of generalization. You never lived in Bible times, but here you are on the world living. Like you don't have to, you don't have to have that pre-knowledge of anything to be successful here. That's in life in general. So it's a, it's a it's something to look at. But when like I, I remember reading this book, and I talk about this all the time. This man in India, he cut a hole in the wall, put up a tablet. He let all the village children play with. By the end of the week, they knew how to, and they did not have electricity or the internet. By the end of the week, they all knew how to work the tablet, and it was in English. You don't need a prerequisite of the world. You just you just need to get here. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, you just need to be here and figure out how it goes because you didn't figure out it's exact, it's, it's what you want it to be. There is no stead way of doing things. So new operating system, man. Yeah, man. And like, uh, I, I think you're, you you put it in really uh, a good way. Like, you don't need that. It's it's just about the incentives. It's not about like someone mm-hmm. telling you what to do. It's like you just plug mm-hmm. in and then you're part of the incentives. And if Bitcoin's your money and it doesn't lose value all the time, then maybe you don't buy so much plastic shit. And then maybe people make less plastic shit. And then maybe there's like less clutter and materialism. And maybe you don't, you don't need to have a job all the time to, you know, make ends meet. Like all this mm-hmm. stuff kind of like, and then that's just going to form people, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that the most toxic, most hardcore Bitcoin maximalists are going to be like the last 40% of Bitcoin people that adopt Bitcoin because they're the people <laughs> who are going to have gotten fucked the longest and learned the less of the worst. <laughs> and they're going to be so fucking toxic, like such fucking yeah. toxic Bitcoiners. Yeah, yeah. They're going to they're gonna have to pay their price too, man. Hell yeah. Wait too long, you're going to be, oh, no, no, no. Oh, hey. Yeah, I bet you everyone should have a friend by now who's told them something about Bitcoin. If they haven't listened to them, have fun staying important. Shit. <laughs> Damn. So, yo, Justin, uh, I want to talk about you. We just had like mm-hmm. a great conversation there and we didn't even dive into your story. Um, you mentioned <laughs> how you, you like you got into Bitcoin. Uh, what, what, what was that? Uh, I, I kind of missed it. What's your, what's your Bitcoin story? So my Bitcoin story is this, man. And, uh, it starts even before Bitcoin was officially mined, but the lead up to the story is what makes me so much of Bitcoin. So I'm going to start the story off when I was in high school, man. Me and my mom, uh, it was in 2006. It was about to be my senior year. Uh, things weren't going too well. We lost our home in that, in that housing market crash of 2008, but we were part of early folks in 06, 07. Um, so we that year, um, that same year in high school, my 12th grade got switched schools, switched schools so late, wasn't able to play basketball. So I did a lot of hanging out. Saw so one of my friends get killed um, at a party I was at in high school. It fucked me up for a while. Still kind of, still fucks with me. I, I wasn't, I'm not going to say it doesn't. Um, but after that, you know, I still had gone to college, but I was just real down on myself. Didn't have any money. Uh, finances weren't that good at home. And all I did was smoke weed and party. You know, try to part the pain away, but not really do much. Um, so then I ended up dropping out of school. I dropped out of school the semester after making the dean's list. And um, the reason I dropped out because the professor put on the graph saying basically that we won't have jobs available in our field for five years after graduation. And I don't know if it was because I was smoking weed and I was high as hell, but the moment he said that, I'm like, wait a minute. But what about Sally May and student loans? Like, so what the hell are we doing here? I asked that question in the middle of the class. Nobody thought I was crazy. No, nobody, nobody asked the question back. They just thought I was crazy for asking the question. But I'm like, yo, why does this make sense to do this? And you know, you're 19, you think again, whatever your professor says is golden. You know, like, why the hell are we doing? Why the hell are we here then? What's, what, what's the purpose of all this? So, um, that coupled with a lot of mental stuff and finances around all of that, I just said, fuck it, I'm going to drop out of school. 
All right, let's take a quick break from that episode. I want to tell you guys about our sponsor. It is Bitcoin 2022 Conference. I am sure you saw the videos. You may have been there in person. Bitcoin 2021 was an absolute smashing success. It was the biggest conference in Bitcoin history, crypto history, whatever history of the digital asset sphere. Bitcoin is number one and the Bitcoin 2021 conference is number one with a bullet. It was an absolutely incredible time. I was working my ass off the whole time, but I got to meet so many incredible community members. And I think the best testament to how amazing Bitcoin 2021 was, was not just all of the amazing, you know, accolades and, uh, and compliments that I got personally and our team got, but also it's the skin in the game in Bitcoin 2022. We have already sold close to 1500 tickets. That is more than 10% of the people, everyone who went to Bitcoin 2021 have already purchased tickets to Bitcoin 2022. We have not released a date. We have not released a city. We have not released anything. That is the biggest compliment. That is the biggest skin in the game of the community being down for this conference. Bitcoin 2022 is going to be bigger than Bitcoin 2021. It's going to be better than Bitcoin 21 in every single way. And we are going to be bringing you the best opportunity to mingle with the biggest, the baddest, the most Bitcoin people on the planet. So join the revolution. Go to b.tc forward slash conference. Get your tickets today. I don't know what the ticket prices are. They are going up. I think they're $249 right now. We just rolled out fiat ticket uh, purchases. All the tickets purchased before today were all purchased in BTC. So get it, guys. Get it. Get this ticket. Be at Bitcoin 2022. See you there. Bitcoiners, I want to tell you guys about The Deep Dive. The Deep Dive is a new premium newsletter from the Bitcoin Magazine team in conjunction with my man, BTCization, Dylan LeClaire. Dylan is such a multifaceted and wide-ranging analyst. He does everything from on-chain analytics to macro uh, analysis to uh, you know hash rate and all that kind of good stuff. He does it all. He breaks down everything that's happening every single day with his daily dive. He's going to dive into what is happening in the market that day. So that way you don't have to pay attention to Twitter. You don't have to pay attention to anything else. You can just pay attention to the deep dive and he has you covered. And at the end of the week, guess what? You get a weekly recap. And at the end of the month, hey, we have a freaking report, a beautiful PDF breaking down all the activity of that entire month, what it means for Bitcoin, what you can expect moving forward. The Bitcoin market is going to moon we are here to make sure that we maximize your stack. Go to members.bitcoinmagazine.com to sign up today. And if you use promo code BITS, you can get one month for free. So again, the deep dive, I've been checking it out every day and you should too. Back to the show. Uh, but then I dropped out of school with no plan. So then I went back home um, and I was running with different crowds of people. One of the folks I was running with, you know, we committed a crime all around Monday. I noticed this. Every crime most people create is all around Monday. So then I ended up going to prison for three years. And it was in prison where I learned uh, some different things. I learned like, all right, you know, you've reached, this is the bottom. There's nowhere to go but up. Um, I learned that I knew how to study. I, I, I knew I wasn't stupid. I just didn't really find nothing valuable to attach to. You know, I just, it wasn't, it wasn't disruptive enough. If it was, if I didn't feel it was disruptive, even though I didn't know what that was, I really didn't feel like doing it. Um, so then, um, you know, so I'm sitting in prison, I'm reading a lot of books, really, you know, taking this time serious to better myself. And I remember telling guys in prison, he said, you know, I'm going to make a billion dollars in whatever I do. And I always wanted to be different. Um, you know, no disrespect to what, you know, folks who come out of penitentiary do for work, but I didn't want to do, you know, truck driving. I didn't want to try to become a barber. I didn't want to do the normal jobs you get folks coming home from prison. I wanted to do something extraordinary, extraordinary. And so um, when I was released from prison in 2014, I came home. I worked all types of odd jobs, $12 an hour, uh, manual labor jobs, no insurance. I saw a guy have a light bulb bust in his face, get glass in his eye. He had to pay for his own stuff. It was kind of rough, you know what I mean? So but that was a lifestyle I didn't really want to get into. So I didn't want to stay in. You know, I realized I'm working for every damn dollar and I'm not keeping it. And that was a, that was a system I wanted to get out of that 
that rat race of work, but then the rat race of not keeping the money. That was just a terrible combination. So um, eventually I run into my friend. You might know this guy. His name is Bitcoin Zay. Um, I've been knowing Zay since I was 11 years old. So, um, like we were, I saw him at a gas station one day. He said, Hey, Justin, what's up? And, you know, we kind we connected, got his Instagram, followed him. Um, I'm about to have my daughter at this time. And so then, uh, what happened? So I go to my granddaddy's house and he says, you know, I got me a miner. My granddad is 83 years old and he has a Bitcoin miner. And he said, yeah, this is going to buy me some Bitcoin. Granted, he did end up getting scammed, but he had a miner. And my granddaddy was always into like, you know, some type of next level investments. He just really didn't hold them enough. You know, he didn't hold them long enough. I mean, that's something my mom would tell me. He said, yeah, you know, he, he, he was on all the stocks, but he just sold them. And I was like, okay. So then I started asking more about Bitcoin. Then I got scammed by somebody using Bitcoin. I got scammed out $150 in 2016 which is a lot of Satoshi's right now. Uh, so I say, I called up Zay. I said, hey, man, you know, I need you to teach me about Bitcoin, man. Whatever I got to do, I'm here. He said, well, he said, uh, it's decentralized. He said, so what is it? What I got to do? He said, because it's kind of like gold. You can hold it. Um, it grows in value. He said, you can use it like uh, money. It's a medium of exchange. And then he said, it's decentralized. I said, what the hell does that mean? He said, well, it's not in the centralized system. Governments. Um, banks and institutions can't create it. So I immediately coupled that with how we use stamps in prison. Like in prison, if you you get an ID card and if your family or you work and they send you money, you just swipe your card. But if you don't have any money, you got to do a lot of hustling on the yard. You got to use postage stamps as currency. So when he started telling me about Bitcoin being decentralized and how nobody can take it from you and you can always keep it in circulation, I instantly put that together how we use stamps in the yard. And like we set the price of the stamps so it can be a, a stable money. And whatever, you know, we wanted to buy in the yard, most people took stamps. So most people take Bitcoin. So that's how I put that together. And it's like, you know, like we were talking about earlier, when people make it such a big deal, once you're in the system, it works. Like I knew nothing about going to prison for the first 21 years of my life. Went to prison. They already had a system. I had to get used to that system. Once you're in the system, and I'm not talking about the prison system, but that economy that was created amongst them, I can flourish in. That's how I put Bitcoin together, you know, in 2016. So around that time, then Bitcoin's like 600 some odd dollars. So I was still working a lot of odd jobs, um, but I would just buy Bitcoin, you know, buy Bitcoin. And um, during that time, I did. I had to do a lot of living off of Bitcoin before I became a hobby. So a lot of the Bitcoin early on, I either kept it, paid bills, or you know, like one time I, I used to review the altcoins for the gentleman of crypto, like all the altcoins of 2017, and they would pay me in Bitcoin. You know, so that's how I used to just work. You know, I try to do odd jobs as much as possible. And then one day I was cooking my, I started saying, you know, I'm going to cook vegan food out the house. So I'm cooking vegan food, delivering to people because I transitioned to vegan in 2015. And um, so I did that first. I actually started cooking the food first before I got into Bitcoin. But once I started learning more about Bitcoin, I asked Zay, I said, yo, can I use this to, uh, as, so people can pay me in Bitcoin? He said, yeah. So I just put it on my flyer, put the QR code on there, and we just started going. Zay was the only person to buy some food with Bitcoin, but it was all good. Um, so eventually I stopped wanting to cook for people. Um, 2016, 2017, the price was going out the roof crazy. And then we had that crazy drop. And I really realized that Bitcoin was a wealth creator. And I wanted to uh, impact people by being able to teach them about Bitcoin. So early on, man, the very first things I did was show people how to set up a wallet. And, you know, I, w- I was... Charging small fees for these. I didn't have anything else to do. I was like, well, hell, if I create a business around Bitcoin, you need to start small. So then, you know, I I, I did that. Um, at one point in time, I used to, you know, put my own little premium on Bitcoin and go buy it for people until that was made illegal by the federal government. 
And uh, past that, man, it's just been all about educating, you know, from, and I really didn't start really, really hard with my online courses until 2020. So that shows you how many years I went through just, you know, trying to build myself up. But during that entire time, you know, it was all about growth. Like how you were saying earlier, when you in this new operating system, you have incentives. Well, some of the incentives for me was learning how to keep money, not just, you know, buy Bitcoin and then use it on emergency. So I had to elevate how I looked at money, I had to elevate things to things I weren't taught. I wasn't taught about money. You know, I didn't come into Bitcoin from corporate America selling my company, got mad at my job. They gave me a good severance pay, a degree in finance, a degree in tech. I hopped right into Bitcoin because I felt like there was an opportunity and I couldn't. I've already failed. I didn't fail because I didn't quit. I went to the lowest parts that the, the country can give you besides death. And I'm like, well, hell, you know, whatever is in Bitcoin, we need to go hurry up and learn it now. And that's where I was, and that's how I ended up on this podcast today, man. That's a pretty, that's a pretty like incredible story in general. And you know, congratulations on you know being able to pick yourselves up from your bootstraps at that point because the majority of people don't, no matter you know, good decisions or bad decisions, whatever. Like you get to that point, and almost everyone you know fails. For sure. Like, so the fact right. that you're here today, like that's an, an incredible success. And it's amazing to see like all the little things that like allowed you to see Bitcoin, right? It's like everyone needs to have some sort of predisposition, right? And then now, mm-hmm. like, hopefully you got all these cheat codes and you can do your courses and stuff like that, you know, help people right. kind of like get there faster. Um, and it's also amazing to hear how Zay helped you out, right? Like I've actually met Zay in person uh, at Russell Akun's thing. Uh, in LA 2019. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Were you there? Maybe you were there. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. In 2019, I wasn't doing much travel. <laughs> but dude, like, I was uh, together. well, regardless, like, yeah, I met him there and, uh, yeah, he gave me his book and he was just like a humble dude. Like, he, that was before, like, mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, I think, you know, he put out the book, put himself out there, and then it took about like six or seven months before the COVID, uh, or sorry, the, uh, the, the anti-police and um George you know, Floyd black rights yeah. George Floyd marches um really kind of started highlighting the need for financial education and Bitcoin education, you know, in mm-hmm. in you know different communities across the country. Um for what what I've kind of experienced is like Bitcoin is doing more than almost anything else to teach financial education, real financial education. Can you like yeah. kind of like talk about that like kind of going from like stamps in the yard to like okay bitcoin austrian economics distributed systems like big fucking ideas like pulling yourself from your bootstraps like building a brand and uh and courses like like walk mm-hmm. through like that education. i'm gonna tell you one i'm gonna tell you one other one other big thing we do so um i don't know if you know but i'm part of black bitcoin billionaires that lamar and zay uh co-founded together and uh, one of the things I did, I started a room in a clubhouse called From Bars to Bitcoin. And my idea is to teach as many people who's ever been incarcerated or your family of folks who are incarcerated or you work for organizations that deal with people, you know, on that level. My idea is to teach as many people coming home from prison as possible about Bitcoin because a lot of people are just left out, you know, especially in the Black community, um, which is why Lamar they put it together. And, you know, once... I shared them my vision for it. It was like, oh, I'll go for it. See, the fact is, like, even Bitcoin nerds want mass adoption, right? So how do you go about getting mass adoption? You can't just sit around and talk to the billionaires all day. You know, you can't talk around to the folks who, you know, who are familiar with hedge funds, who are familiar with, you know, uh, banking. You can't talk to them. Folks. You can't talk to these people all day, man. If you want mass adoption, you feel I me? Mean? Most of the world is under bank or under safe. So with the room and uh, the Black Bitcoin billionaires that me and Najra do, Najra Roberts do come from bars to Bitcoin, um, there's been one guy, there's been several guys from there. One guy who did 17 years, another guy did 30 years, was so elated just to even have an opportunity to learn about Bitcoin and 
they're on it every day, you know, and, and that's one of the things that when I talk to the average person, they're comfortable. Well, I'm good. You know, I have this going, I have that. You talk to the people who aren't comfortable, though, and you'll see a different a different speed to what it is. You know, like I tell them, like, you know, there's not enough Bitcoin for every millionaire. There's not enough Bitcoin for every thousand there. And you're at a great point in your time in your life to get a lot of Satoshis, even the whole Bitcoin. You know, I'm not going to say I don't I, I will never be the person to say I don't think a person could get a whole Bitcoin at no point in time in their life because I do not know what you would tap into. But you have to move fast. And when, you know, that message was shared to some of the guys, it's amazing to see. So those were some of the big things, you know, just looking to really change the scope of how folks' lives are going and people who are coming home out of prison. Most times or not, like I say, most there are some people in there for some hideous shit that don't need to really be seen. Uh, and then most times people in there for crime that deals with money. And when you don't have money, you will drive yourself crazy because everything around you is controlled by it. So that's that's what I see a lot of times in my community. And I was like, well, let's just see how we can how we can flip it. That was one of the many ways. So on Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, me and Nigel Roberts, we host a room called uh, From Bars to Bitcoin in the big in the Black Bitcoin Billionaire. So those are one of the ways I look to educate people as much as possible. Touch the people that are always left out. And then you can start seeing a real change in your community and the world. I love that. I mean, that's, that's, uh, it's so special too, that like you can try to give back in that way. And again, like share the cheat codes. Like one of my favorite things is kind of along those lines, but my aunt just called me up like an hour ago and was like, so crypto, should I do it? <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, let's, you know, let's cover some basics. And then she was like, should I buy a whole coin? And I was like, well, so eight decimal points, Satoshis, you can buy X thousand for a dollar. Um, you know, a whole coin is a hundred million Satoshis. So, you know, you don't have to go big. You know, this is probably a good time because it's historically cheap. But, historically you know, cheap. like, but, you know, it's like, but there's a different way to like frame it. But it's just so interesting. Like, you know, you got to you got to get down to the level. Um, I love this book. I don't know if you've ever read it. I show it on Twitter all the time. Yo, you were the first guy I saw show that. On. I'm, I'm gonna get that book because I said, yo, I saw somebody else. Yeah, talk I'll about mail you one, man. I got you. Okay. I got helicopters. You can see behind me. I'm like the fucking okay. high priest of the sovereign individual. <laughs> but uh, right. I'm gonna mail you a book then. Uh, I'm gonna mail you right. a book called "The Future Is Faster Than You Think." You got that? All right, I'm down. I'll, we'll trade addresses after this. Um, but okay. yeah, so in this book, he says, so sovereign individual, a person in the information age who is in complete control of his sovereignty, right? Like he's negotiated, uh, you know, with the land or jurisdiction that he's, that they're living in. Uh, they, the, the person, you know, no one is above them. You know, right now the nation state, so many people are above us, right? We're not sovereign. Mm-hmm. An individual that's fully sovereign they say there's going to be a hundred million sovereign individuals in the future. How All those people might there? have at least. Hey, look, those people are going. to... <laughs> you know what those people are going. To have. How many <laughs> Bitcoin are there? <laughs> yeah, but there's less than twenty-one million Bitcoin. So, like, man, you doing good if you got one coin. You doing real good. <laughs> you just got to put things real in perspective. Good. Hell, you're doing good. If you got half a coin. You're doing good. Like, you got it. When they say point two eight is the the top 1% or the 1% of Bitcoin, this is like, God damn, you know, you're doing real well, man. I, I, I love for people to know that there's always an opportunity and that's just, that's, I can't, I'm gonna get that book when you send it, I'm gonna read, you know what I'm saying? I really, cause it's those type of small numbers that people don't understand. Like you're not going to, how do I say this? I had to come to realization that everybody won't get on. Everybody won't make it. Um, and the reason I say that is because, I mean, there's enough Bitcoin to go around, 2.1 quadrillion Satoshis, but at the same time, it's like personal, um, personal choices, decision-making might not get you there. You know what I mean? And that's the only thing because, hell, nowadays you can buy Bitcoin off of cash app. Nobody is stopping you. 
but it's personal choices and, and knowledge that is now going to stop people. And, and of course, terrible financial advisors and TV who are just going to talk you out of it. But that's just, those are the barriers right now. They all want you to be poor. It's up to you to <laughs> not be. Mm-hmm. They want you. They definitely want you to have fun staying poor. Before we get back to the episode, I want to tell you guys about Bitcoin Magazine. Bitcoin Magazine is the oldest publication covering Bitcoin, and we've been covering Bitcoin since 2012. Y'all, I'm so proud to be working for Bitcoin Magazine. We spend all day trying to scour the internet for the top news, the top plebs, the top subjects, conversations, everything that has to do with BTC, the asset, BTC, the culture, BTC, the revolution. We are here for it. We are here for BTC and BTC only, and we want to give back to the Bitcoin community. Hit us up if you want to contribute, and uh, yeah, go follow us on Twitter. Go uh, subscribe to this podcast. Go follow us on YouTube. All of the places that you can find Bitcoin Magazine, we are there. Instagram, Reddit, everywhere. We're there. We're there. Follow us for the best Bitcoin knowledge. Back to the episode. You know, the funny thing about have fun staying poor is like, okay, it's it's something that the the elite pushed down on you and the system pushed down on you. Have fun staying poor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also an insult that Bitcoiners push on no coiners, but it's also the best advice to accumulating the the most amount of Bitcoin right now is hey, suck it up, have fun staying poor, and fucking stack some sets. Because if you buy sets right now and you a hodler, you still might be staying poor for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? That's one Especially with the Zay price taken like this. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, look, Zay told me in 2016, he said, man, you've been broke before. You can do it again for a little bit more time. I'm like, all right, you know, fuck it, whatever. You say, yeah, just just don't sell. Be a holler. Learn how to holler. It took some time, but, you know. But, hell, I lost all my big one on the boat next year anyway. Hey, but, you know, have fun staying poor. Yeah, it's the best sure, advice yeah. you can give a person, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's going to work out for them eventually, man. But yeah, it's a um, that that was that was those were those were the times in my life where I would find and I would make scenarios up in my head. I'm like, all right, so how long do I have to hollow to be at this level here? You know, and and one of the things I did a lot of times was. Uh, I and I got better at doing this as I got older. I would look at how Bitcoin takes off, and I would look at you know buying Bitcoin in like three month windows. And the longer I'm here, like I'm not a trader by any means, but I think what's being revealed to me right now is the value of knowing how to read a chart. You know, and I'm not saying all charts are right or anything like that, but buying opportunities. You know what I mean? Like, I love dollar cost averaging. Hell, I've graduated to $10 of Bitcoin every single day. Um, and and Corey, Corey of Swan Bitcoin got me to get on Swan, and now I get, you know, $50 a day taking down all of this shit I, I seem to always lose on the boat next week. But, uh, you know, once, I, once, once, once that came into fruition, it was like, all right, you know, I, I started looking at Bitcoin, like, because one of the things I hear for a lot of times from people, they say, oh, man, you know, buying a whole Bitcoin, that's too much. I've seen people knock down student loan debt of three of six figures in two years. So how is buying a whole Bitcoin hard? You know, saying people I, I've seen, yeah, I, I knocked out three months of debt. I know I knocked out, what, $100,000 of debt in three to six months. Why can't you take that same energy and buy Bitcoin? You know what I mean? Like, there's no reason. Really, they huh? don't have the urgency. Exactly. They're not scared of of someone else buying their sets. Yeah, like exactly. Like, even and so it's like you know, and I try to really, and and it's that, but it's also the fact that people are happier paying down debt than they are establishing some type of wealth. Because it feels, you get, people would probably, I think people receive more instant gratification paying down debt than they do buying it through their future. 
because paying down the debt, oh man, I finally got this shit off my back. But you buying Bitcoin to the future, man, shit, I gotta wait. How long I gotta wait? How long I gotta wait? Well, shit, who knows? Who cares? But it's that that simple mind altering activity that people feel better paying down debt because it feels like an immediate punishment that's being resolved instead of flipping it and looking at the delayed gratification to the real reward that you want. And really, that reward might not really take that long if you do certain things like, like I tell, like I, I suggest to people, especially folks who come out of like very hard financial circumstances. I'm like, listen, do all you can to get a thousand dollars in Bitcoin in a short amount of time that's safe. That's safe. Meaning you won't be knocked out of your house. Your children will still be a function. You know, your day-to-day life can go on. What will happen? Then like, all right, now you can continuously buy more, but wait for your first 10 next. Because once people see that zero get added, Oh God, this is real. Yeah. And it's like, okay, now what do I do? You continue this process again and again and again and again and again and again and again until you feel nothing emotionally about the price going down. And these little steps here, I try to share. Do people all do them? Hell no. But hodling is what's been proven to work 100% of the time. And that's a level that people really don't understand they have to go through to get here. Even the folks who come from the backgrounds of people you think will understand. Because somewhere most people have a hint of, I'm going to get rich tomorrow. What? How long is this going to take? Even the LARPs on Twitter. <laughs> Even the Bitcoin maximalists hodl LARPs on Twitter. Some mm-hmm. of them sell. Some of them trade. Mm-hmm. Some of them shitcoin. Mm-hmm. And the shitcoin, the shitcoin part is people gonna do what they want, anyway, and that's why they're here. You know what I'm saying? That's why they're here. I actually told some shitcoiners at Shitcoin 2021. I said, "Listen, man, I really don't want you all to think I care if you buy Bitcoin or not." I don't want you to, I don't want you to think I, because I asked how many, I, said, I look, I said, the price of Bitcoin is at $37,000 right now. How many of you are still going out here buying shit coins? The whole crowd raised their hand. Me, 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 me. I said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because you're leaving sats on the table for me. Yeah, but it's not like we're still not buying Bitcoin. I said, yeah, but your little 5,000 sats, $5,000 worth of sats isn't the same as 10,000. So, you know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you a lot. Thanks for deluding yourselves. <laughs> Thanks for getting the hell out of the way. <laughs> I mean, in my mind, there's like two types of shitcoiners. The shitcoiners that realize that you ultimately want to get sats or the shitcoiners that don't. And the ones that realize you ultimately want to get sats, okay, whatever, you're free to do whatever the fuck you want to do. But you at least get the game, which is accumulate sats. Like, that's mm-hmm. the game you need to switch to. If you're not on that game, you're in a shitcoiner mentality, you're on a fiat mentality, you're on whatever. You're probably shitcoin, GME, AMC, doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter to you. But, you know, like, you're not differentiating with, like, what actually matters, which is, like, you need to get as much real estate as possible on the most you know, on the scarcity blockchain, on the blockchain that is going to measure value, on the granddaddy of them all. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's my commentary on shitcoins. We don't even have to spend too much time on it, but it's hard We're to hodl, going. man. It's fucking hard to hodl. And, you know, again, my aunt that was just calling me, she's like, I just sold AMC. I'm like, okay, so you're trading. She's like, oh, you know, I, I hold for a year. I'm like, okay, okay. You know, holding AMC for a year, sure. I wonder, maybe. <laughs> um, I don't know what that brings, but okay. You're, yeah, you're, but you're, you know, you're, you're, you're easing into this a little bit by a little bit, honestly. So you're, you're doing all right. Yeah. So, but it's just like, I was like, 
Yeah, if you can get all, if you get one big one, just never sell that bad boy. You hold on to it as long as you can. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, Justin, we've been ripping here for for an hour. Uh, this has been an absolutely fantastic conversation, man. Um, I'm, I, I know we've been following each other on on Twitter. Uh, I hope to get to meet you in person and shake your hand at you know someday. Hopefully, Bitcoin twenty twenty two. Um, definitely. Yo, they already, you. Y'all, it was it was because of a real Bitcoin magazine. I think it was on Twitter or Instagram where I saw that they were letting they were doing the early bird sale of two hundred forty nine dollars in Bitcoin for Bitcoin two thousand twenty two. I'm still debating if I should buy a ticket or if I'll be speaking there. So who knows? <laughs> but I did share the yeah. word with a lot of people though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would say let's let's continue the conversation offline, and uh, we'll make sure at Bitcoin twenty twenty two. But yeah, man, uh, it's it's gonna be it's it's amazing how many tickets we ever sold. Actually, the price is already three hundred and forty nine dollars now, so we raised the price uh, because we're just selling too many tickets. I think we put out a survey, and the results were over ninety percent of people said they would go to Bitcoin twenty twenty two. So we're planning to blow it up, and I think that. Uh, it's going to be bigger and better, more professional, everything, you know, whatever you hey, thought listen, was bad. Man, for everybody, hit us and for we'll everybody, everybody who was giving y'all hell, listen, man, first of all, tell them folks to kick goddamn rocks, all right? Because y'all put some of the greatest shit together within the short, fresh off the pandemic, all right? Let's be for real. This is fresh off the pandemic. Matter of fact, we were still in a pandemic, all right? We just happened to be in Florida. Y'all switch locations. Damn, they had to drop them down. People don't know how much went into that. Oh, well, you know, we're standing around out there like, yo. It's kind of like the ticket game is kind of still like Bitcoin. You could have gotten in early. You know what I'm saying? You made the decision. All right, yeah, you know, but man, listen, that was that was a good conference. It was a great place to network. It was a great, man, it was a great experience, man, you know, because... I'm a boxing fan. That was the first time I ever was in the same room as Floyd Mayweather. And granted, yeah, you know, he over there saying he's going to create something bigger than Bitcoin, but that's what boxing promoters do. They talk shit. But, you know, got to see Michael Saylor in person. Like I said, met Mike Novogratz. Hell, you know, the Black Bitcoin billionaires, we had great events at the uh, at a mansion we had. And hell, got to... It was it was it was so much to do that it felt like a festival and a conference. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so, what it was, man. And I'm sorry I even apologized. Yeah. I was really just saying whatever you thought, it's gonna be better. And it was amazing. Yeah. Like we sold where ninety percent of people wanna buy and uh, over fifteen percent have bought, right? So yeah. uh people people are all in on Bitcoin twenty twenty two and we haven't even released a location yet. So I'm hyped for it. Um and like I said. Hope to see you before then, but if not, we got to get you there. Um, Justin, where can people learn more about you, man? Like, again, I feel like y- your story needs to get out too. Like, Zay's killing it. His story's kind of gotten really out, but I really enjoyed this conversation. Well, thank you, man. So, uh, one of the ways folks can reach out to me is on Instagram at Bitcoin Vegan, on Twitter at Bitcoin underscore vegan. And ironically, I'm, I'm releasing a book in August. And people can purchase the pre-sale right now at uh, BitcoinVegan.com. You go to the shop page. You'll see my course. And, you know, of course, if you're a Bitcoiner, you don't really need the course. But if you want to support it, that's, that's cool. But, um, yeah, I'm releasing a book called In the Sea Full of, In the Water Full of Sharks, Be the Orca. And it talks about my journey coming home from prison, going to entrepreneurship, you know, the pitfalls I went through. And anybody that purchased the pre-sale right now, I'll send them an autographed copy and they're also qualified to win a hundred dollars of uh, sats in the open dime. So uh, hop on that bitcoinvegan.com. Follow me on Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin vegan at Instagram, underscore Bitcoin, underscore vegan on Twitter. And, you know, if you're a noob and you want to, you know, learn my course, they'll send me a message saying I heard you on Bitcoin magazine. And I'll give you my $200 course for $75. So that's where everybody can meet me, man. Uh, holler at me there. And, you know, we will meet in person. I don't know where you are in the world, but I'm about to do some traveling. So if you're in Vegas, I'll be out there. <laughs> Word. Well, I'm in SF. So if you ever make your way out to the Bay Area, holler. And, uh, yeah, I, I do some traveling myself. So uh, 
There's going to be other Bitcoin events. I'll be a big pop boom and uh, we'll see what else pops up. In Dallas? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I might, I might go out there, man. Yeah, I might go out there. All right, yes, man. Sir. Well, hey, Bitcoiners, follow me at CK underscore Snarks. Follow Bitcoin Magazine at Bitcoin Magazine. Give us those five-star reviews. Share this with your friends and family. We're bringing you the realest, the best conversations from uh, from the Bitcoiners who are really moving things, you know, who are on the front line. So, uh, Justin, again, really great conversation. Thanks so much for coming on. No problem. No problem, man. A quick reminder that all of the content in this episode is for informational and entertainment purposes only. You should not construe the information as legal, tax, investment, financial, or any other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin Podcast Network, or any third-party service provider to buy or sell securities or any other financial instruments. Do your own research.